Okay, Cap, I have a choose-your-own-adventure for the podcast intro. Two, two options. We can go with which one we think is stronger. Okay. Option one. Hey, everybody, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. It's the holidays. Oh, you look so cozy. Are you ready for option two? Yeah. Oh, my God. My urine is so bright yellow. I'm really concerned. What? <laughs> Just pick one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to open door two. <laughs> okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so so i just i just peed uh-huh just peed and it looks like i was urinating lemon lime gatorade and let let me let me tell you a little okay. bit about myself i drink a lot of water generally my urine is like closer to the clear side than anything else if it's like a dark yellow, that's concerning and really rare. But this was like dyed neon green. It almost looked pretty and unnatural. And I was looking before the podcast because I started taking some pills yesterday. I, I, I took a couple mm-hmm. muscle relaxers because I hurt my back. I'm old. <laughs> And I was like, well, surely the pills are, like, causing some kind of side effect here, right? Sure, Um, sure. But a very quick Google shows nothing. So should I see a doctor? (laughs) Am I going to die? Why am I peeing Gatorade? You're probably fine. I'm probably fine. Okay. Yeah, it's brighter yellow, like... It's you know, neon. Come back when it's red, you know? <laughs> okay, I don't know if it's a pissing contest. If you pissing blood, then, uh, <laughs> then, then you got a problem. I, I'm sure you're fine. You're sure I'm If fine. he continues for like two weeks, then yeah, okay, maybe then okay. you go see the doctor. But one-off like random things with your body, particularly when you're on some sort of new medication, I don't think that's really a cause for concern. You're fine. I'm not normally concerned about these things, but again, the color was odd. And I figured mm. I'd ask my friend who knows about liver stuff. <laughs> it's my liver failing. Have you ever That's had... not a doctor. <laughs> I don't know, but you've been to a couple. Oh, God. Well, Fuck. I don't get Gatorade pee, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I wonder how That's many... a strictly you thing, Joey. Fuck. I wonder how many people were hoping you went door one. We could have just avoided talking about all that. Uh, hey, dude. Welcome. Yeah, the payoff really wasn't that good either for door two. I'm I, sorry, I, everybody. I, 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 I'm just concerned. I'm here for medical advice. If anybody's a doctor, um, comment on YouTube. How, how was Malaysia? <laughs> it was fine. Uh, so just got back from ESL1 Malaysia. Good event. Liquid did well, considering they had a stand-in. So I'm sure you were happy with that. Uh, mixed feelings, because you, you know how, like, sometimes when you do well enough, given, like, the weird circumstance, like, you start to believe that more could happen? Yeah. So, like, we broached past the point where I was like, oh, maybe they could actually win on the last day. No. No, no, uh, uh, no. <laughs> what do you mean? Like it's it's one thing to do well; it's another thing to win the tournament. 
That happens very rarely. And almost every single time that happens, it's because of a weak uh, field. No spirit. Almost every single time. Yeah, no spirit, but Gaming Gladiators was still They quite didn't good. even win. Dude, I thought they won for a whole day because I didn't watch the finals, and I just assumed that they won. <laughs> I mean, actually, Ray had some like crazy inconsistency because when they look good, they did look very good. Uh, in the grand finals, I'm not even sure that was their best. I honestly think Gaming Gladiators just kind of crumbled a bit. Exactly. I mean, I think- so why could they have crumbled with Liquid in the finals? Well, first of all, because they're currently like 27 and 2 against Liquid or something, you know? Just calm down. I invited this. Uh, So I'm pretty sure they're pretty confident about it. But, uh, you know, I don't know. They uh, they went up 2-0 in that finals. And I was like, oh, yet another 3-0 finals for me. That's great. Congrats. It's like, if I want to, if I'm going to be cast in the finals, which at this point in time, you know, I've done, uh, this year I did Lima and then I think I did Riyadh TI ESL one. It's like, uh, I did a dream league in there somewhere, right? It's a little, it's a little bit too much, you know? I, I was actually hoping we weren't going to do the finals this time around because we did Riyadh and TI. You know, I feel like people, you know, you, you it's too much overexposure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm going to do it, you know, at least give me a good finals to cast. And I thought it was going to be another 3 0. And that was like, at what point did you just think it was fucking cursed, man? What the fuck? At what point were you walking into the 3 0? Like after game two, you're like, fuck, this is over. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, to be honest, I kind of walked into the finals expecting a 3-0 in the first place. Okay. Uh, Man, Darachi really fucked that up, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I didn't watch. So I had a really hard time with the time zones this event. Um, Yeah. Like, it's it's so hard to watch uh, the games on the West Coast when they're being played out of Malaysia or Singapore, yep. that area for that matter, because like I was almost the slightest bit happy that they didn't have to play grand finals because there was going to be, and God, I hope none of my coworkers hear this. There was going to be no one available to live tweet or talk about the games during the grand finals because of the holidays and vacation and like everything. Right. So mm-hmm. I was, I was sitting there going, well, I guess I'm going to do it. So I, I logged into Twitter and I was ready to be up all night and then they won game one. And after game one, I'm like, I'm going to go get dinner. I should just prepare for, you know, fuck. Like I should go get like a coffee or a Red Bull or something. A monster. <laughs> I could delete that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, this podcast is not sponsored. So you're fine, Joey. You, you didn't sign some sort of life contract with liquid that requires you to use all of their sponsors. <laughs> Don't you know I can only drive Hondas and drink Monster forever? <laughs> I was about to say, I feel like you've talked about your Tesla a few times. I don't know what you're show, talking you know? about. I don't have one of those. <laughs> um, I, whatever. Um, I was prepared, and then I come back, and I'm like, oh, they lost game two, and they're going to lose game three. What the fuck is this craft? God damn it. Well, at least I get to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I heard you start to 
cast game one of the grand finals and immediately fell asleep so th- thank you for lullabying me to bed I'm, I'm glad <laughs> i had that effect on you that's nice good to know <laughs> it, it looked like I said, yeah, no, you know is- avery gets told that quite a lot actually how does he feel and about like, that comment? He has such a soothing voice. I mean, Avery doesn't take any compliment well, so, you know. Mm. Fair. Any, um, anything to uh, <laughs> to second-guess people. It looked like the fans were having fun. I think that, you know, every time there's an yeah, event yeah. in Southeast Asia, it always reminds me, even though I never truly forget that, like, there is a rambunctious audience there, which is rad. Yeah, it was great, uh, great crowd, <clears throat> great event. Uh, I think it was very smooth from a uh, production side. Mm-hmm. Really, not not too many problems. There were some like tech pauses, but you know, I feel like that's every LAN event. Putting uh, Purge on a panel with Tsunami and Winter and Effie is really funny. Um, Why? Because he's three heads taller than all of them. Oh. <laughs> 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 and I couldn't get over that. That's all I was focused on when I was watching. Did they never give him a box. They didn't get like together as a box. No, but they, what they should have done fun. is they should have they should have given Purge a seat. <laughs> I just, actually remember that now because the the shot on tsunami, there is a monster can in front of him, and it yeah. takes up like half of what you see <laughs> yeah, of tsunami. It's like it's like his whole <laughs> whole torso is like an aluminum can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um man i cannot believe that in the middle of the event they were like hey everybody new patch new items <laughs> yeah i'm i'm not that surprised frankly because i mean from a val perspective they want to get it out before the holidays yeah i'm sure that people are going on vacation the valve offices so they want to put it out we want to encourage people to come play Dota with this whole Frostvis thing, yada, yada, yada. So they have to do it. I wonder if it just wasn't ready sooner and they got it out when they got it out. Also, it's not bad for the tournament. Uh, it actually, I think, bumps viewership because mm-hmm. people obviously, you know, new patch. They want to see what's going to go on. It's way more, it's a much more interesting storyline than when it's on non like valve major sort of deal it's just like oh it's another tournament i just got done watching ti i don't think people are that interested especially in a weird time zone but new patch holy fuck what's gonna happen you know that's uh that sort of thing is is interesting and people can watch while they play dota at the same time sort of deal do you think that people and I guess by people, I mean players had fun with the new patch or was it rather boring and not that exciting? Because the patch going to happen mm. before the playoffs, right? There's like elimination games. And it looked like to my eye that there wasn't too much really wacky shit going down and people were trying to like somewhat play a little bit standard, a little bit last patch and there wasn't too, too crazy much experimentation. Yeah, I would say that for a new patch... There wasn't that much crazy stuff that happened. I think that the patch, I mean, the, big, <clears throat> the biggest part of the patch is items, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that inherently means that 
while there is going to be some things that are broken, like Solar Crest. Solar Crest is broken right now. That item is way too good. I didn't know what it did until I saw someone not die and I was confused and that I had to go back and look at it and be like, what is what's a a barrier? That's yeah, a that's yeah. a four hundred health barrier on cast? And it costs no mana. And too, it costs so. no mana? Yeah, it's it's pretty wacky. So like Solar Crest is broken, but if an item is broken, both teams can buy it, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that makes things naturally a little bit more balanced when it's like certain heroes are like, you know, they get reworked or something like that, then I think that's a little bit more spicy and one sided. Maybe there's new interactions or something like that. Here, I think these items are... I mean, the biggest one that people keep on playing... Solar Crest is broken. People keep on playing around with Conda. But I think it's not good enough to really look great. You know, it's it's not good enough to be like, oh, my whole build is now based around this. If you do that, it's you're probably going to lose. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I'll actually like, you know, like uh, the first thing that Owen wanted to do was five divine rapiers plus Conda axe. So you could just culling blade people, you know, that that was his you just run around with like a thousand damage culling blade. That was his idea, right? I've seen some other heroes with it. Some there's definitely some heroes that work well with Conda, but I don't think uh, it is broken I I'm not convinced that it's broken yet. For for, for the people for the people in the back who are like, what the fuck's a Kanda? Um, what the fuck's a Kanda? A Kanda? Why do they name these things things that are hard to say or like hard to look at? Am I am I yeah, just am I just made dumb? That same co- comment. It's 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 the same. It's like fantasy novels. Mm-hmm. He just, he said it's like when you when you read a fantasy series, the names like tend to get more and more out there. <laughs> Yeah. As time goes on. Because if you... So when I see Parasma, I go, yeah. am I saying that right? And then I'm waiting for other people to say it and then go like, "Am I? did I say it right? I don't know. I don't feel confident with these words. And you gotta fucking say them all the time when you're casting. Like, wouldn't it be easier if they just called these items like, I don't know, pink stick? <laughs> yes, that would be. But I mean, there is also some like these these uh, items. Their names are all based off of like real life things. Oh, so. Fucking blow me! I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what does a conda do, and what does a parasma do? Aside so from conda, like, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Conda is an upgraded phylactery. Uh, so it is phylactery. Phylactery. Plus a chrysalis, plus a 600 uh, gold recipe. And it makes it so that the phylactery, which you cast a single target spell on somebody, does some extra damage and slows them. Now it's going to do that extra bit of damage combined with your attack damage as well. So it's like an upgraded phylactery nuke that is based off of your attack damage. So it has some interesting scaling. There's a lot of people who are trying various... uh, these like various carries that could use some extra mana and have some sort of spammable nuke. So like Phantom Assassin, I think that one's bad. Spectre, that one's a bit more interesting. Uh, there is the broke, quote unquote, like broken build where it's like 
Honda plus however many divine rapiers you want to do on and spirit breaker where <laughs> you're just globally charging people from the fountain and doing you know heavy amounts of damage and they go poof <laughs> yeah yeah uh it definitely should not work globally uh that part i'm pretty certain that it was fine when it was phylactery like the worst thing when it was just phylactery was like bounty hunter would spam you with track and you would take damage from it. And that was annoying. It wasn't OP. This uh, the Spirit Breaker build has the potential of being like not 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 OP in that you're going to win the game with it, but definitely too strong for what the game play is, which is literally just sit in your fountain and spam charge on people. So, yeah, that uh, definitely needs does, a little bit of nerves. Does that work with green damage and white damage or is it just base damage uh, i don't i don't i don't know exactly okay. I, I built it today on uh axe uh not owen's divine rapier build but i just tried it out on axe it was all right it was, it was i mean part of it is that the upgrade to like it's i think it's very rare for heroes to actually utilize a conda and the build up to be good for them, you know. It's like most, most like uh, most physical damage heroes will use the crystalis a lot better in a silver edge, and it's also one of those things where the item is kind of stronger the earlier you build it. At least phylactery is, but rushing phylactery crystalis is like some weird glass cannon build like that you probably should lose any game that you do that. Yeah, like where's your BKB or any other good item, active item, where's your blink? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's probably the item that people are, are memeing about the most. Prasma is an upgraded, uh, upgraded uh, Witchblade, uh, which uh, I didn't see that much of it, to be honest. So I have a feeling that it's uh, kind of good, but... The biggest thing is that it gives you, it decreases their magic resistance on hit uh, alongside the Witchblade effect. So that part is like really good for these uh, like Storm Spirit type heroes. And is that single target? So uh, like it's based off of, it's based off of right click. Okay. Okay. Not spells. So. Oh, oh, that oh that makes way more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I can and it's see built like off a of Mystic Staff. So like it, Storm already wanted to build this item. So same goes with Puck. So and then it's Witchblade combined with a, a Mystic Staff. So those heroes even more advantage out of it. So if if you are a Mystic Staff buyer, this this item is definitely worth buying. Most likely if you do right clicks, but. Uh, there's not like a ton of intelligence heroes that right click a whole lot, right? It's like Storm, Puck, OD. Maybe Invoker? there's some universal heroes that could use it. Uh, maybe Evoker. I don't. I don't know how I feel about that one. Uh, I think Void Spirit might be one of those heroes. Um, might be one of like the universal heroes that could use it. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't seen that one. But. What about like a right clicking silencer? Because it gets. It gets you kind of. Yeah, sure. But then silencer? you're playing. You're playing right-click silencer, so... I mean, what you else do you do? OD? <laughs> OD builds Witchblade, right? Yeah, Probably OD is actually one of the heroes that can use both the items. And he can use the new Meteor Hammer, which is, I think, a bad, bad item. And I mean, 
It's not bad. It's just useless on 99% of the player pool or the hero pool. It's Meteor Hammer is built out of Kaya now. And so it's more expensive. Uh, and it does like the spell I'm sort of thing. It's like a thousand but, gold. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it you get it much slower. And then who utilizes Meteor Hammer but also wants to build a Kaya? Right, a lot of the meteor hammer heroes were actually like frontline uh, strength heroes, right? That could use the mana regen and wanted to be able to siege towers. Biggest one was like Tide Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. But now you're building a Kaya on Tide Hunter is like, ugh. I try, I tried it today. It did not feel that good. I mean, it felt good once I had a, an Agadim Scepter and I was spamming Gush with a Kaya. Like, sure, that's nice, but like. If you want a meteor hammer, you want it early. And if you're buying it early, then you have no other stats because you have bought a full Alkaya plus, you know, whatever else is in it. I don't remember. So there's only one hero that I think of that actually is going to use this regularly. And then every other hero that builds it is probably like a little bit of a meme. And that's OD, right? OD's kind of the. He's a great meteor hammer buyer. He's a great Kaya user. He's an intelligence hero. Like most intelligence heroes are not going to be using this item. So I am trying to think of counterpoints and I'm so genuinely struggling. Um, it feels Nyx? like just a misread from me. Uh, like, maybe. Yeah. Like Nix is not a bad idea. Impale yeah. meteor hammer. Kaya is kind of okay. Yeah, Kai is good on that hero. He does um, extra spell amp. It's not bad. Oh, I got it. Would I build this on Jakiro now? No. Ice Path is like such a shit setup stun that that combo yes, with Meteor Hammer would be shit. bad. Also, his he has a good Aghanim Scepter now. So why would you build a useless Meteor Hammer when almost for the same price you could have a full out Aghanim Scepter? You know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I uh, I said that just feels like a misread uh, for me from like Valve Ice Frog side. It's just like you, the heroes that use Meteor Hammer before are not the heroes that build Kaya, and the heroes that build Kaya are not the heroes that you get to use Meteor Hammer. So you just created an item that is like exclusively for one hero. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but for now, I think the item is bad in like an overall like why is it in the game sort of deal mm. because if it's good then it's broken on OD if it's bad then nobody is going to use it even OD potentially I wonder if Ice Frog does mm. that if he just like kind of loads up whatever the valve internal equivalent of Dota buff is and just looks at item pick rates and goes this one isn't used at all we should probably look at it and we'll see if Meter mm. Hammer like goes down the list they're doing something weird with items because they also have there's some items in the game. Uh, they added new items, but then there are some items that they were going to add that they didn't even finish adding. In fact, uh, you can even see it. Um, it's not even necessarily in the code or anything. Some people have actually bought these items. Um, there's a divine rapier for uh, spell amp- amplification. Uh, so they obviously had this idea of like oh, I want a a spell damage Divine Rapier, and then they decided instead of doing that, they would put the spell lamp on Divine Rapier and just kind of see how that goes. I also think that that I have a theory that they did the same thing with Bloodstone. They gave Bloodstone a way to increase AoE to kind of 
see just like a little bit how a small effect like that would work and whether or not it's worth committing like a full item for it. Uh, you know what I mean? I, th I think there will basically be an ether lens uh, that is Bloodstone. You know, like Bloodstone only gives you uh, 75 AOE. <laughs> I bet they were toying with an item that gives you like 150 or something like that. Are you, is your Dota brain good enough to where you can read 75 AOE and like have a firm understanding of what that does to a radius? Uh, because a, a lot of times I feel like I'm good at the patch notes, but when I come across, when I came across the Bloodstone thing, I had to open up the client and be like, what the fuck is 75? Like, what does 75 AOE equate to? Is that good? Is that nothing? Like, I, I cannot tell by just looking and reading at it. I think it's always easier on cast range, but not AOE spells. Mm, yeah. Because, like, right, it's, like, basically double uh, on an AOE spell. So you're used to being, like, 75 extra cast range. That's, like, oh, that's a little bit of a bump. On an AOE, then it's actually pretty decent uh, increase. Yeah. So, so the biggest one being Leshrac. Leshrac's win rate is skyrocketed as a result of this item getting that. <laughs> because people hit hit their hoof stops more. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely a big Spl factor. Uh, Leshrac also gets kited around a bit, so you know if that means one extra round of you know uh, your pulse landing, that's pretty big. Uh, there are other heroes. People keep on suggesting it to me to axe. I don't know about that one. Maybe Pudge can work it, just because he used the spell life steal really well, and obviously. Even more AOE on your rod is kind of interesting. I haven't tried that one out yet, but um, something that stood out to me in the patch notes that I had to like rub my eyes and look at the ultimate orb cost increase <laughs> is so expensive. Why? Why? Twenty eight hundred. That's that's, hmm. that's a seven hundred and fifty gold increase, which is like. A third, like almost more than a third of the items cost originally, and they the attributes go from ten to fifteen. Like there's like a like a real stat creep on those, which means that like as a component, it's just more expensive in things. Like yeah, that's uh, not I of Scotty though, because I of Scotty you only need one ultimate arm instead of two. Yeah, you're getting a little bit of less stats for your money, right? Mm -hmm. Oh no, you're not. Looks like the recipe makes it, gives it more, gives it the same amount of stats from before. Yeah, I think that's a, a result of the uh, the other item that they put in a few patches ago, the diadem or whatever. The thousand gold for six to all attributes. So they wanted something that would like separate the two of them a little bit more. Probably. But yeah, I mean, considering the fact that 2800 is quite a lot. There's only three items that use this ultimate orb, though. One of them being Lincoln's. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the thought process is on that one. What's the thought process in Arcane Boots? Can Can you explain to me the what's what's different here? Uh, I think Arcane Boots were too uh, were being utilized too much. Um. So they had to find a way to nerf the item um, and without like affecting the 
the stats on it, like you needed to keep the item the same, but the way that people were using it was too abusive, I think. And basically it's like you could buy this arcane boots early and then break it up hard and use the arcane booster for one of the billion things that arcane booster builds. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, there is so many different things that energy booster goes into. There's five different items uh, and all of them are great for supports. Some of them are great for offlaners. So that was being used too much. So they changed it around. So it no longer has the energy booster. Uh, so you don't get that same effect. And which means it's it not also uses ring Abassi. Right? Ring Abassi was also like an underutilized item. I think it basically only built into Vlad's before. So interesting. Um, what other items got? I, I can just actually look by rework. Shiva's Shiva's is the broken one. Shiva's and Solar Crest are the two items of the patch currently. Uh, basically, every offlaner goes Shiva's because the buildup of Vela Discord is super nice. Helm of Iron Will is like a nice replacement to Vanguard, mm -hmm. and anytime you can build a crown, fantastic. So. Veil Discord is easy to build. Then you add a plate mail on top of that and a very expensive recipe, I will say. The recipe is very expensive for Shiva, 1700 But the buildup before that is amazing. Uh, the fact that you get some added utility out of it before you complete the Shivas and the Veil of Discord is pretty hype. Uh, so, yeah, it's just like the item that item that every offlaner is building, every other support is building Solar Crest, and some cores are also building Solar Crest because it's too broken of an item. You could pretty much fit it on any hero. If you're a, anybody but a carry, I think Solar Crest is like worth considering <laughs> legitimately. How good is the... Um arctic blast on chiefest guard the 15 percent more damage from spells and the spell amplification on that uh it's i mean it's the same as hitting him with a veil basically it's an extra like five percent on top of veil uh i think it's good i think the bigger effect is that i think the attack speed slow and the generation reduction which is the same thing from shiva's before but i think those things are pretty powerful um by themselves and it's just that shiva's was an inaccessible item uh first first item right it's like it was the same thing as like the meteor hammer sort of thing that we were talking about like you are buying as an offlaner you had to buy a mystic staff that did not feel good but now you just build stat items and armor like that's exactly what you want to build as an offlaner that's fantastic so super accessible uh, so the item was was good. It's just nobody could possibly build it first item. It was just terrible stat wise to do that. Is anybody going to benefit from the um, revenant brooch change? I feel like all these items are good on OD. Like all these items we're talking about are just items that OD builds. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely a lot of so there's a lot of items that uh pudge uses in od i think the those are the heroes that got like some really big item opportunities because internal shroud is very good uh maybe maybe very good is overselling it but i think it's like actually viable now mm. um mostly viable on pudge because of the fact he can keep those stacks going the damage the self-rot damage 
uh, allows Eternal Shroud to build up stacks. So if you were to just keep it on regularly, you would have three to four stacks, which, you know, that's that's a decent amount of uh, increase. That's 12 to 16% magic resistance, hmm. right? Before they even touch you. So that's pretty good. Um, and then you still have the same benefit of using, like it goes through damage block and that sort of thing. It does it before reduction. So as Pudge, you could be taking no damage from your rod because you activated Flush Heap, but you would still get the stacks out of Eternal Shroud. So that's pretty hype. OD got the you know same benefit. Uh, I think the biggest thing that actually with the the Revenant's approach is that um, I think can you still hit uh, ethereal targets with it? Yeah, well that that was kind of the, the the whole gimmick, right? Was that? Yeah, I'm reading the item right now, and it doesn't specify that anymore. Uh, uh, so look. I would be curious about that. But I remember just thinking, like, man, Muerta got like a lot of. There was a a lot of things that like hurt Muerta in some ways. Yeah, a activate to make your attacks cost seventy five mana and deal magical damage allows to hit ethereal units. So when you toggle on Phantom Province. Yeah, so now you just have like an I don't know, they're they're that item is super value late game. It always has been. I think it was just the number of attacks that were the problem. Mm -hmm. Um so the this item will definitely seen be seen more. It just probably you probably won't see it until um later into the game. Because the thing is is that at some point you build up too much armor. Mm -hmm. Uh but you can't keep building up magic resistance the same way you can build armor. So uh, at some point, magic damage actually becomes better to cut down certain heroes. Yeah, so, so couldn't OD use this and then just orb even harder and then refund all of his mana the same too? Like, Yeah, maybe. I, I feel like there's probably a lot of other items that are just more value. Okay. I don't think... See, I think the thing about OD is that you don't, you really don't ever need to hit harder. The hero hits hard enough as as is. You just need to make sure that you actually can hit heroes, whatever the situation is. But if they get Ghost Scepters, then sure. Uh, the biggest loss for me of this patch is that um, I'm a I'm a chronic, and maybe I should like you know see a therapist about this. I'm a chronic Titan Sliver picker, and now I have to think about my tier three neutral item. Yeah, you have to think a lot about the uh, the items now. Whenever the neutral items get shaken up, there's definitely some items that I think are like, oh shit, that's really interesting. Could be really good. Like Whisper of the Dread gives you ten percent spell lamp. Spell lamp that is pretty potent. Uh, whereas Light Collector has an active that cuts down trees. That's pretty whatever. Uh, <laughs> especially since the AoE is bad, so it's like you would think, oh, it's good against Monkey King, but it's only good against Monkey King if you have Blink Dagger, because it's just a small AoE around you. I, I do not know why they put this in. It seems... It's, it's like the Meteor Hammer thing. It's like, this item is only really useful in like one very specific scenario, so... It should probably do more than than that. Uh, it has this whole passive. I don't. I don't know if the passive's any good and does some weird like re HP regeneration during day and mana regeneration during night or something like that. Uh, um, 
I don't know. Kind of seems whatever. The broken neutral item right now is Safety Nemesis bubble. Curse. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? Safety bubble. <laughs> Safety bubble is kind of interesting. See, now, I like is, that item. This is how we should name the items. <laughs> Safety bubble. They are. They, yeah, that's true. Whisper <sighs> of the Dread is not easy to figure out what exactly that does nor is light collector to be honest i'm not sure what that has to do with any of its effects the balloon makes sense yes that one does make sense i have yet to use that one i've yet to see somebody use that one that one's weird nemesis curse though that one uh, i'm pretty sure is broken in some regard uh i mean i think any item where you take a negative effect in exchange for a positive effect uh, for a better positive effect means that it's probably going to be broken at the higher echelons of play because you're more able to minimize the mm -hmm. negative effect and maximize the positive one. So in this case, it's like you take more damage, but you also do more damage. And uh, I saw it at pretty much every single carry pick this one up at ESL 1 at some point. Yeah, because, I mean, if you're good, you shouldn't be taking damage anyways, right? <laughs> uh, I guess so. I mean, 12 d it, upping your damage by 12% is a lot. And, and it's so. just a 35 damage passive. So, like, you're, you're just getting straight plus damage anyways. Yeah. The other one I saw all the time was the uh, Aviana's Feather. Uh, not because the active, or uh, it's not even active, but I guess the... The flying thing, I uh, don't think that was ever used, but 25% evasion and 30 movement speed, that much movement speed becomes pretty value at some point. Uh, it's more evasion than Trickster Cloak, so, you know, That's enough not? to not need boots on some heroes, maybe? Have that item slot free? Yeah, maybe. I mean, movement speed is just hard to get, right? It's like the only way you can get movement speed at some point in time in your build is like trading out your regular boots for boots of travel and then bots too. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's tier five neutral items. Those are the only real ways to get movement speed. There are certain heroes that can be like, oh, I can get, a, I have a build up that includes Yasha or I can build a Wind Waker, but it. Like, there's never a way be like, oh, I need more movement speed in this game, guys. What do I build? Like, you can't really approach it from that way. It's either your build naturally includes Yasha, or you can go a Wind Waker late game, and that's it. Is Unwavering Condition a good item? Uh, no. I think for 90% of scenarios, it's a bad item. Maybe but. if you're really smart and you understand what kind of a team you're playing against. <laughs> Maybe in lower ranked games where more silly things could happen. I could imagine a scenario where it's like, why are my spells working? Okay, so th this item is a tier 5 neutral item. It gives you 95% magic resistance, but it sets your health at 1500 HP. The problem with that is, is that... That looks great if you have 2,000 HP. The problem is, is that that late into the game, most heroes have three to 5,000 HP. So you're taking away more than 50% of your HP pool to become basically immune to magic damage. It's a 60-minute game. If you're somehow matched up against all spellcasters, you should already be winning the game. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. 
it's it's like you know if they they only if they have no physical damage then you already have a way to win the game which is that you probably just outscale them so that item is going to be bad almost all the time i think uh, uh i'm sure there will be like some situations where some ports some support picks it up or something like that but i, I think for the most part it's a meme okay okay uh, there were some. There, there were a small few amount of of hero reworks, which are probably the ones to uh, to touch on. And then anything specific you you want to shout out. But um, the one that I noticed right away was the <laughs> McCarry player uh, cooldown. Uh, excuse me. The 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 call down on gyrocopter uh, got changed. And when I saw it, I was like, Oh, did they give him like? A, did they change his shard? But no, they just they just changed call down. So instead of you know two. That's bad sound effects. It's like a vector. It's a horrible sound effects. Or not, what the fuck? Uh, why am I lingering on that? Um, they're, they're, they're like like call downs in a line, and each one has three mi- as each one is a single missile. And there's three of them, and it feels worse. Uh, I don't really know to be honest. I mean, it's better if they're running away from you and you hit the first one. Uh, all I know is this hero continues to be a support, so whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, it's everybody's just doing the same old homing missile spam. Uh, the only wrinkle is now people are leveling flat cannon once in lane and just getting four free shots on the two enemy heroes, uh, which is pretty value. But yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it makes for a more interesting ability. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's better or worse, I think is what, up to interpretation. What I was going to say is, do you think this change actually starts to push the hero in more of a support direction, given how it's kind of been played more recently? Because it does feel better for, for chasing somebody down, and there is a little bit more utility to it. Yeah, uh, I don't think that affects it one way or the other. Okay, I, th- I honestly, I just think it puts gyrocopter in people's heads, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's a hero." <laughs> Wonder if that new cooldown's good. And it's like it's the same cooldown, really. And but people just want to try it anyway, mm-hmm. and uh, and spam homing missile on people. I don't know. someday I'm sure they'll rework flag cannon and gyrocopter will actually just be a full on support hero or mid hero or something, but. For now, he's continues to be some some weird hybrid, which I think fits older Dota a lot more than the current generation of Dota, uh, where everybody is scaling up so much that it feels like more and more and more your build has to be your hero has to be optimized. Your hero's toolkit has to be optimized because every hero's kit is becoming like stronger and stronger. Like the the latest one is that they just decided that every ability had to do damage. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter how how little damage, everything has to do damage. So almost every ability in the game that didn't do damage before now does some damage. So like a bad ends uh, passive. Now when you actually get the four hits, it does some damage over time. Uh, actually, does a lot of damage over time. Bane's and feeble, which for the history of Dota has never done damage, now does damage. 
uh, you know, just kind of like a bunch of random instances of that enchant, which already does like a lot of different things. But now when you use enchant on a person, you're also doing damage over time. So I, I don't know. It's this weird deal that valve pushed on. There's some, some concept there that I just don't fully understand why they did it. That's going to be a tricky one for a lot of people who are like coming back and playing around to be like, wait, why is this spell doing damage now? (laughs) Yeah, I think there's like something to be said where everybody has been scaling up that if some heroes like Bane, Bane is has notoriously been a hero that doesn't do he like he used to not do damage with Nightmare or Enfeeble, right? They upped both those aspects. Now, Nightmare, you can hit them the entire time they're Nightmare without waking them up. Enfeeble now does damage over time. Like, that hero used to be a lot more pure in its, like, control. But, uh, I guess to keep up with the times, they kind of have to give him something. And giving him damage is is a good way to buff the hero without making it OP. It's actually the other effects that will usually make the hero OP, right? If Enfeeble does no damage, but then you up the numbers on the attack damage reduction, or you make it do some other, like, crowd control effect, then it'll probably be broken at some point. But if you just put damage on it, it's not like all of a sudden, like, oh my god, <laughs> dude, dude, I got, this I got Enfeeble is too powerful. Yeah, it's, At least I don't think that'll be the case. We'll see. Have you seen a Juggernaut build Aghanim Shard? No. What does that do? Uh, it increases the Blade Fury radius by 100, which means the diameter by 200, and slows enemies' movement speed by 35%, so they're not getting away from it. It makes it kind of big. Huh. Yeah, I remember seeing that now. Uh, I mean, I know there was like some, there was this really short period of time where people were trying out Juggernaut support because Blade Fury and Healing Ward uh, were like really, really good laning abilities and stuff. Mm-hmm. So why not? I don't think this probably makes the hero OP, but we'll see. I mean, it's definitely, it's a great shard for, like, off the Tormentor sort of deal. If you already have a Juggernaut carry, at some point in time, he has Scotty plus this shard upgrade. (laughs) You know. (laughs) People are really slow then. Yeah, everybody's moving at 100 movement speed. Um, Omni Knight had Guardian Angel reworked. Yeah, that one's just a flat-out buff to the hero because most of the time you're using Guardian Angel, you were really only using it to protect one hero anyway. It's a buff uh, at the higher levels for Omni Knight, right? It takes more to use the ability correctly, but when you do, you're getting a lot more out of it. So... And neither cast range means that you can still, like, Guardian Angel people. Is is that more than... False promise? What's false promise cast range? Uh, Oracle. Dota buff. This is exciting. Joey looks at Dota stuff. Um, Do, 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 do. Cast. Either way, I think the the biggest value out of it is actually on, like, these core Omni Knights that people keep on doing with the Hammer of Purity and the Shard. Mm -hmm. Because then it means you have a low cooldown Guardian Angel you can just use on yourself. Right, that that is the way you're going to, I think, use it the, most of the time. Hmm. Is like that sort of Omni Knight gets the biggest benefit. 
because he's very often running around solo anyway, and now he can have a 80 second cooldown. Like basically, like every every two creep waves, you can go and like try and get a kill on somebody, and you have this guardian angel to fall back on. A uh, cast range for false promise is a thousand, so uh, mm. it's it's about the same, a little bit shorter. That also means that the ag scepter had to get reworked so that instead of like the the big uh, immunity, it's uh, you increase the cast range to global. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, which could be fun too. Oh, that's right. I opened up Dota in the first place to to look at this. The uh, so if you go into your hotkeys setting mm-hmm. and you click on the uh, you click on the enable quick cast on your items, and then you can go to you can customize it for certain uh, certain items. Mm-hmm. And the items that they were thinking about putting in uh, or the item rather. The uh, ethereal hammer. They were thinking about some sort of build where you build meteor hammer and uh, aether lens. It's like this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. It's like some souped up, like Scotty type caster build. And uh, this this was the one that would increase your AOE by. Uh, by some amount, the number isn't even there, but you can look at it. It's just it's just a banana right now. <laughs> but you can actually look at that uh, that that item that they were thinking about putting in. You can apparently buy it. Uh, I think it's been bugged where you've been able to buy it. They also put it a a thing for block of cheese, which I don't think I've ever seen before. I'm not sure if there was an icon for it before, but I think there, there was now. Yeah, I think there okay. was a unique block of cheese icon. I remember building one in a custom lobby. <laughs> like, this will be the only time I ever have this thing. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Have you had fun with any heroes in particular? Uh, I basically haven't really played Dota. Because it released while we were in Malaysia. And I played like four games in total in Malaysia. I played a couple games today. But I, I didn't really get... I didn't get that much value out of it, to be honest, because the heroes that I played didn't really utilize stuff that much. Like, uh, I need to get my hands on Lion, but Lion's banned every single game. Axe is banned most games. Uh, I'm not a Leshrac player, so I'm not going to use the new Bloodstone. So I haven't actually gotten to take advantage of really any of the changes. Yeah, I kind of feel like I want to play some Axe games. Or just see if I can fuck around with these items in some way that's impactful. I um, Yeah, everybody's fucking around with these items. It's ruining games, I'm sure. Yeah, that's how it always goes, right? Like, there's there's a couple of weeks of people just kind of being a little bit silly. Yeah. That's how innovation happens. These, these are the big, no. big-brained thinkers who want to do silly things like Owen. See, that's the problem with that, this period of Dota, because... Everyone wants to be an innovator and much like um, entrepreneurs and such, 95% of them fail, right? So not only are they all failing, but then like the 5% that do get it right, it ends up being some broken ass shit that then Valve have to like nerf. So it's bad either way, right? Mm -hmm. For the playing experience. You either have a bunch of people doing some dog shit builds that don't work or 
somebody builds something that's broken and kills the game. So, not not the most fun time for me personally. Uh, just because, I don't know, everybody has an idea they're going to do something and it never works. But ideally, you do want to be winning games because, Cap, it's Frostivus, so you can get stickers for winning your games and some items and some items some hats um i don't know i feel like i'm cynical in my words here because i I was shocked they didn't do a fucking game mode i'm i'm like underwhelmed Uh, is is is, is that a fair analysis that i'm that i'm underwhelmed at, at the providings that are here it feels like my expectations weren't fully met hey guys we're gonna focus on more dota stuff so we're gonna do less ti stuff hey guys like we're gonna push the patch back so there's gonna be things hey guys here's like kind of the halloween event from last year there's like a chest if you win and i don't know merry christmas yeah i mean okay so first of all the whenever they like these chests like the the big part of it is like the cosmetics which I don't even think Valve does any of those. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they outsource all of that to artists. So I don't know. I just like maybe maybe it's just all behind on our expectations. Just keep on pushing farther. Like maybe there there was that weird rumor, right, that there was going to be some sort of Venge Skywrath Mage thing going on. Mm-hmm. Somebody suggested that as a Valentine's Day thing. I, I don't know. Maybe they are going to be doing some sort of like custom mode later. But basically, we expected a patch at some point, and we got a small patch, and people were mad about that. And then we expected a custom game mode, and then we got a big patch. <laughs> you know, so it's like Valve is just one step behind our expectations. So maybe next we're going to get a custom game mode in you know a month or two or something and that, that'll impress ultimately like i have to keep my reservations uh until we're kind of like almost a full year into what they said they were gonna do and that's fair i like that but you know that doesn't stop me we you know you can still complain about it and until then i'm, I'm just gonna say like i'm not gonna say that what valve has said they're going to do is a failure or success until we get like a full year in right and like what if they in like two months time what if they drop like an agonim's labyrinth not that but like that level of like that amount of work because apparently agonim's labyrinth takes like fucking eight months of work or something like that from valve yeah so they make that post it's not going to happen immediately you know we're not going to see that uh, effect immediately. What we're seeing so far, I think, is pretty par for what Dota has been. I mean, if anything, it's actually maybe a, a downgrade in some ways because our the events have just been chess. Uh, and I think it's kind of whatever. Also, the Frostivus event, I, I have not done any numbers on this. I don't really know. But I felt like the Dire Tide of, uh, event was more value than this one. That could just entirely be in my head. Maybe it's because the I don't want the cosmetics as much. Uh, um, but I, I just 
I felt like the Dire Tide one was like very accessible. Oh, you know what it was? It's because there's the fourth tier now. Mm-hmm. So before there was three tiers. This time there's four tiers, and that fourth tier is like, I think, completely inaccessible um, for for me anyway. I'm not going to be playing enough Dota and opening enough chess to trade up to that. Whereas the Dire Tide one, I could, I was very, it was very reasonable, I think, for me to be able to get one of the tier three items, which, yeah. you know, I worked for the Pudge one, I got that, and I was very happy with it. Also, you could buy it with uh, Dota shards. There's a difference. This one, you can only buy with money, but the, the key you could buy with the shard from the Dire Tide. Yeah, it's a lot less accessible. I think there's just I'm not more, crazy. You're not. There, there, there's, there's a little more money involved. I also think that a lot of times these things emotionally hinge on how much you like the items. Like I can see somebody yeah. being really excited about getting like the Pudge Persona or someone really excited about getting like the Wraith King Arcana because they never were able to for one reason or another. And like the idea, it's almost like the Disney vault. Like they opened it up and wow, what a dated reference now. They don't, hey kids, so Disney <laughs> used to do this thing where there are movies that you couldn't buy them whenever you wanted and they would just be limited releases. So every time that fucking Cinderella came back around, it was exciting. Disney opened the vault and you can buy the Lion King, right? Um, what a crazy old business practice. Uh, thanks, streaming. But it's almost like they're opening the Arcana Vault, and it's like, ooh, Wraith King's here. I can finally get that again. I, I didn't get the... I didn't do the Battle Pass. That feels cool for people. Probably not cool for, like, the crazy people who have all of them already because they spent all the money on the Battle Passes. And not cool if you are someone who just will never play Wraith King. Um, you know, like, I was excited about yeah. Dire Tide because the... <laughs> the, the 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 purple shooty shooty spaceman sniper gun i thought was really yeah. cool because it changed your auto attack color and sometimes i'm a piece of shit and i play sniper right so i was excited about dire tide and i look at the frost of his stuff and just think i don't really care about these heroes Mm, I don't yeah. care that there's super rare, cosmically impossibly rare variants where some of them will like drip snow come off the off the items. <laughs> like it's <laughs> you know it, it it doesn't do it for me, but I don't want to discount that that could be really exciting for other people. Yeah, I would say some other things are like it, there's another Pudge set, but they already had one in the Dire Tide one, uh, so like. I got that punch set. I don't want the other one, right? I already have one. Same goes with the Snapfire. I think the Snapfire one is definitely one of the coolest sets. It's wild. Uh, <laughs> Glance <it's>, value. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Ice Frog and it changes the, the animation stuff. But there was two other really good uh, Snapfire sets so far, which is the, the Lizard one. And then the recent one is the Snail, which I have the, I have the Snail. So... That's the one I use, so it's like I'm not probably I'm like I, I don't if I get the ice frog one magically, then like sure I'll use it. But I'm not gonna work towards it, you know. And then the these other like daily things that they have going on, I don't I guess I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. Modicons and sprays and loading screens. I think loading screens are usually the <laughs> bottom of the barrel <laughs> yeah that's 
Uh, that is definitely bottom of the trash can. That's the that's the liner that cleans up, uh, you know, like the the drippings of wet trash. That's the newspaper at the bottom that soaks up all the garbage juice. Can you buy? Th- is are the two for items like marketable? Are people making bank right now because they've they've got some silver squall ice frog mounts for Snapfire? Um, let me check. They uh, the tier three ones are. They are. You can buy. You can buy an ice frog mount right now in the Steam Marketplace for twenty seven dollars and sixty nine cents. Yeah, and you can buy the Crystal Maiden uh, Persona thing for forty three bucks. So, yeah. And this sure is can. my my privilege is going to show. Warning: It would be way easier for me to spend twenty dollars and play five hundred games of Dota <laughs> if I really wanted the item. Yeah. It's a lot of games of Dota you have so to play many. in order to get this. It's so many. I, I can't play that much. I don't have time. I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, ultimately, uh, I'm disappointed by this chest, and I don't really give a shit about it. Um, and I hope other people feel the same way, because if, um, you know, the feedback is there, if people just don't buy that much of this chest, then Valve will... Uh, We'll make it more incentivizing next time. We'll make it a little bit more like the Dire Tide one. But mm-hmm. I, I'll never hate on like stuff like this that they put into the game that I don't feel like I can buy or put the time into. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, I don't know. I I don't get that kind of like FOMO. Um, you know, if I miss out, whatever. I don't I don't feel like every item should be accessible. Maybe that's just because like I'm gotten more used to like. The, these the good mobile games always have like these insane fucking practices where you can like you could spend like a hundred dollars on some bundle um and you get a whole bunch of stuff for it and that's simply there just to get whales i understand that that's like how games function and like that doesn't need to be something that i need to buy you know it does it like who cares if it's fucking cost prohibitive and you know like exploitive in some ways if it's only really being got by people who can throw away their money so whatever how do you feel about this completely white uh primal beast skin (laughs) oh yeah that that one's uh that one's something else because it have you have you seen uh there was XXS I think was doing this. Have you seen what his primal beast looks like? Oh, is he like mixing all the colors? Yes. So the primal beast set that most people have uh the it's the like cool the looking one, one is the red, yeah, the lava one, right? With the red armor. And then this one has white fur. So he was using like the back white fur piece with like red everywhere else and it just looked so fucking bad. It was pretty funny. It was like intentionally making Primal Beast look as dog shit as possible. I do that with some of my heroes. I go, what's the ugliest thing I can wear? Cool. You you can Have do you this seen really the well upgraded version protector? of that set, by the way? The 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 abominable snow beast one? No, I don't think I have. Yeah. So it makes it so his blue skin turns like more rake. He looks more ghoulish. He looks way more like a fucking beast like creature. It's pretty cool. 
it can be yours for $26. Yeah, I'm good. I don't play the hero. I'll, I'll keep my primeval abomination set. Fair. Uh, if I wanted to do any of these, I would I would see how I can get this fun little snow globe Arc Warden bubble. Yeah, but then you have to play Arc Warden. Whoa, that item is actually more expensive than some of the other ones. Holy shit. $45? Um, that's true. I, I haven't played Arc Warden in a very long time. Also, in general, I don't like... I've realized this. I don't like holiday uh, arcana stuff. Because inevitably, like, yeah, the the fucking tusk with the the jingle bells and it goes Merry Fistmas when he punches somebody. That is nice during Christmas. But then the other 11 <laughs> months of the year, it just feels out of sorts. You're, you're like, you're like policing people. <laughs> you're like, okay, Thanksgiving is over. You can put your tusk item on. But as soon as January 1st hits, you got to take that shit off and take your Christmas lights down. And God forbid you put your Christmas lights up too early. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying you fucking, you see this fucking <laughs> snowman pudge and it's fucking July and a hundred <laughs> degrees out, you know, it, just, it doesn't, it doesn't fit. <laughs> Um, I saw I didn't prepare to talk about this I should have looked it up I saw a tweet today that uh, some more donut events got announced <laughs> yeah we uh, no information about that one uh, um, hype though uh, ESB Thank has you. two million dollars apparently to giveaway in tournaments so how they managed to get that kind of funding is uh a big question for me uh and either way do i really care i don't i don't think so i mean the money's there the money's there somebody somebody has to challenge esl i'll tell you that right now somebody's got to because you know mon- monopolies are not great Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hot take, buddy. Calm they, down. I think the people at ESL are good. I, I think there's some good Dota people there. But, uh, you know, when you have all the control of a scene, it, it, it has some varying effects that are not great. So, say, for example, if they were just like, Oh, we're just gonna like lower your day rate by like fifty percent. You know, I wasn't gonna. What are you, what, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Are you gonna like all go work for somebody else? Like, no, there's no other competitors. So yeah, there's no those sort of things are not great. Yeah, right. Same same goes with like, what if they just arbitrarily decide? Now, I wouldn't give as much a shit about this, obviously, because I've had my piece about player prize pools and how that that shit's been so overinflated for so long. But what if they just decided million dollar tournaments are over? It's only hundred thousand dollar tournaments from now on. You know, that would that would like probably get a lot of players to retire pretty quickly. Obviously, that's not really a threat because of Riyadh and everything and their whole millions of dollars that they're doing there. So be kind of silly to have tournaments that lead up to it be worth 10 grand when you're playing for millions for one tournament. But that is possible, right? It could make it so that the scene is 
even has an even worse problem uh, compared to TI of the past, where TI took up everything because it was ninety percent of the player the price pool. Well, the like if ESL controls everything, they could make it so it's Riyadh is ninety nine percent of the price pool for the entire year. Make know? everything else cheap. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the calendar starting to get more filled out. I, I feel like I need somebody to like make a Google calendar for me that just shows like what events are starting to kind of populate and what things are going to get played in because it, I think that at least I had a little bit of a concern of what's actually going to be happening. But now we know like these guys are running three events and ESL has a couple dream leagues and a couple events planned. We know that we're going to go back to um, uh, England for another event. Uh, so it, it seems like the calendar's starting to fluff up a little bit, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's good for sure. I, uh, I actually saw this from, some other esports casters and they're like i have nothing booked for the next year <laughs> and oh, i was that- like yeah, i was thinking about it and i was like yeah that's i mean me neither that's kind of like the way this this stuff goes you know it's just kind of like also side note whenever i i so i keep up with those sort of things and i i will check the comments of some people the uh, i i saw like somebody like Monte Cristo or something like that said that like Esports broadcasting is like the worst position it's ever been, or something like that. And <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be mean, but like frankly, we're doing too much Dota talk anyway. The I'll I'll read the comments of posts like that, and I'll always see. I've seen this so many times throughout like the fucking fifteen years I've worked in this industry. They, I see all the time this comment, which is. Yeah, I'm just like so glad that I retired, you know, like, man, like, uh, wouldn't want to still be in the industry, you know, like, oh, thank God I got out. And I'll always click on those people and those people never had a career in the first place. They never had a career in the first place. (laughs) It's like, what do you mean? What what the fuck do you mean? You making fucking you made like a couple hundred dollars casting online games. And you act like, oh man, I'm glad I uh, glad I retired. You have to have a career in the first place to retire. Not breaking through isn't a career. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like like doing doing fucking volunteer online games isn't a career. You know, <laughs> I, I was just you know I know that was that was like mean of me to say, but I've seen that comment for so long. I had to say something about it finally. I I don't think it's I mean okay it's a little bit mean, but I can't even sit here and defend the other position. <laughs> you don't know yeah. them. You don't know the struggles they've been through. Oh well, that's true. <sighs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, I think I'm ready for next year though. I think mentally, mentally, I'm like just ready. I'm I I'm already on Christmas break. I think that's where I'm at. I am on Christmas break and I'm ready to just kind of play games and play Dota and have some eggnog with my friends and not Mm. do anything. If you're listening to this far into the podcast, you obviously are broken. Uh, Yeah. You're either a diehard fan in some way or you just haven't turned it off. You, you this this 
This is just noise that is filling the void while you're doing something else. Either way, it's a great opportunity for you to go sub to my YouTube because I'm doing content. I actually put out a lot of content in the past week, week and a half. I put out two videos and one, two, three, four, five shorts, YouTube shorts. I'm actually doing content. So now go are, follow my YouTube which, at Capcast Clips. I was going to say which one because you have two channels now and I didn't know about the second one, but I did subscribe as so I've been starting to get notifications. Yeah, that uh, the 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 original one that that's just one that I've had for for years, and it's just like all my shit goes on it, sort of thing. And it's uh, it's basically it's fucked algorithm wise because mm-hmm. it has a bunch of useless shit on it. Uh, it's it, it's a podcast. Uh, it's it's basically a podcast YouTube. It has hour long videos. It has like random fucking games that I've casted on there. It has uh, the Captain Blitz podcast. It has D and D in it. So it's like algorithm wise, it's not good. So the other one is the the one that you know I'm actually trying to put effort into making uh, viral stuff. Oh, and there's another video that will come out at 7 a.m. tomorrow. I'm here. Uh, I I like I sub- I subscribe uh, to see the shorts. Yeah, the shorts is actually what I'm putting effort into because I think the shorts will draw. It will be easier to draw attention to the channel to get people to follow it in the first place, and then it's like uh, I think it's uh, the effort to reward ratio is much more favorable for the shorts. At least you know when I'm trying to build Not- up this channel. Yes, for for views and subscribers and awareness and like build up. Not monetarily. <laughs> Yeah, but you know it's a new YouTube channel, so it's not even like I can I can't make any money off of it anyway. It's true, but yeah, I'm 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 here for the shorts game. I can I can talk shorts all day. Um, nice. I actually think that the Dota shorts market, especially on YouTube, is is underserviced in the research I have done. Yeah, that sounds about right to be honest. Even even on TikTok, um, which is somebody who kind of wants a different audience. Like I'd be interested to see how many people who are listening to the show. We can talk about this on Discord uh, with you because the people who are listening are probably going to be in Discord. Uh, uh, I, I'd be interested to see how many of your TikTok algorithms have stuff that is Dota adjacent because that's really what I have been diving into and looking into expanding more for next year. And there's just it seems like there's not good stuff. You know, it's actually crazy. I might make a channel for TikToks that I dub into um filipino oh really because there's there's that much of a market for it yeah um and maybe even russian too like it's hard to spin up a channel just to just to test it but i might do it not as a team liquid thing initially and just like try and run some stats and run some numbers because i see so much of the market on shorts and especially tiktok leans so heavily into southeast asia especially the philippines and then also uh russia russia's huge yeah on TikTok. I, I i did the same i was like well if i'm making youtube short content i might as well put it on tiktok right mm-hmm. and uh i i was looking i was like what dota content is there on tiktok anyway mm-hmm. and everything that i saw was russian mm-hmm. so yeah 
when you get a couple more shorts in, I'll have to poke you for some of the stuff because I, I'm I'm gonna mostly be curious how much of your shorts audience is from Southeast Asia. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to imagine it's a fair amount, but that's because I feel like Southeast Asia is a lot of mm-hmm. viewership in general. It's high. Well, I can talk YouTube shop all day, but I'm just going to cut it off. And I'm going to tell everybody happy holidays for whichever one yeah. of those you do or don't celebrate and uh, have a good new year. And we'll talk to you next year. Maybe. Bye. Yeah, probably. Happy holidays. Those are some kisses for you.